Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Can you hear me all right? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to hop on TPQ20 today. Yeah, thank uh, you for having me. Absolutely. I feel like I've been, I've definitely been a reader of yours for a while, uh, but I feel like we've, we've probably talked on and off. I think Poetry Question really started around like 2013. I know Humanly was kind of my first introduction to you. So so I'm really excited to have you on today. Um, So we always like to start off here on TPQ20 by saying we know who you are, but our audience might be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that is not on the back of your books, uh, who are you? Hey. Well, uh, I'm a Michigander, but I've been living in the South for a while, so my accent's kind of all over the place. Um, uh, As far as uh, who I am, um, I am a dog mom. I have two dogs (laughs) uh, sitting right next to me right now, which uh, I suppose you can't, the podcast listeners can't see, but but they're very cute, let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) I will confirm that they are adorable. Um. As far as uh, a little bit more about me, I uh, I'm bipolar. I have PTSD. I have generalized anxiety disorder, uh, and those are things that have been uh, a big part of my writing and a big part of who I am. Uh, I'm very Type A. <laughs> I'm I'm probably the most punctual poet you'll run into. I, um, uh, what else? I I'm an anxious bundle of nerves, basically all the time. <laughs> Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, my last full length book was humanly, which came out in 2015. I was very lucky to have some publishing success when I was pretty young. My first book came out on right bloody when I was, uh, 24. My second one was uh, humanly, I was 27 and that was on small doggies press, uh, which is a small uh, press out of Portland, but, uh, it's been almost eight years now and <laughs> I'm about to have, uh, in the fall, I'll have my next book come out. Uh, so it's been a while and I am completely terrified of it because <laughs> it's all about shame and shame is scary stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, why, I'm like, why did I write an entire book for like six years about shame? Uh, because it's important to me, but at the same time, I'm like, now I have to go promote poems about shame which is going to be fun uh and terrifying uh i i i i hope i've more or less answered your question i tend to ramble is another thing about me that is totally all right i'm an Uh, introvert and i ramble (laughs) (laughs) i love it well i will say you you've definitely put out books with a couple of a couple few of my favorites with uh with button and small doggies uh, and definitely write bloody write bloody was one of my first kind of introductions into the world of poetry uh, into the world of kind of more modern poetry uh it's it's one they were one of the first ones I stumbled upon um when I kind of started uh finding things that my students liked better than things from the 1800s uh-huh. uh, so so uh that's 
in my book, you are you are a legend just because you have, you know, you have two of the megas on there for me. And those are always fun. Um, but it has been a, it has been a minute uh, since you've had since you've had a full book published. Yeah, the button one was a chat book, but that was yeah. in 2018. So it's slightly more recent. Yeah. Uh, I, I say as it's now 20, almost 2023. Ah. <laughs> well, so let's kind of start. We'll kind of start more recent and work our way backwards. Um, more recent being uh 2015 um as a writer from humanly in 2015 to now with a new book you know on the on the eve of a new book how have you changed as a writer oh boy uh what do you what do you see as kind of the i guess we can we can go a little bit smaller on that. that's a big question uh do you feel like you if you were in conversation with the writer you were in 2015 would you know each other? Um, I think it's a tough question. I, I feel uh, like a very different person than I was in 2015. Uh, I mean, my, my book Humanly was largely about a bipolar episode that ended me in a psychiatric ward, which is thankfully not where I'm at right now as a person, <laughs> uh, very gratefully. Um, so as far as... Uh, uh, now, poetically, uh, I, I think a lot of my style is similar. Uh, I write a lot of narrative poems. I write a lot of uh, things that would some people would label as confessional poetry. Although I kind of I kind of cringe at that label. Um, it feels but, like the uh, the emo label from like yeah, the uh, late nineties. Yeah. I mean, I was totally an emo kid, obviously. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've still got the journals to prove it somewhere. There's probably a live journal somewhere on the oh, internet. No. Oh, I don't know. Hopefully that's been taken down. Um, but uh, is I think mo more my subject matter has changed. Uh, the, and I would like to think I've gotten better at writing. It's just sometimes hard to recognize that in yourself. <laughs> um, I, I'm really into line breaks uh, in a way <laughs> that I don't know that I was in 2015. Um, I, but in general, uh, I think I'm a little more experimental with forms too. And I, hmm. I, I also write more about things that are not only myself. Ah. Uh, <laughs> which is, which takes some time. Yeah. Like really, I, yeah. When I've, I mean, I still write about myself a lot. I, I, I don't, I feel like I'm a little self-absorbed in terms of my subject matter, but I also, I mean, I write more ecrastic work. I, uh, I write mm. uh, more things involving pop culture, more politically engaged things. Uh, and uh, I think my book from 2015 was mostly just about, uh, I mean, it was mostly about grief and trying to figure out how to deal with being a bipolar 25 or 24 year old or however old I'm, I'm trying to think how old I was when I wrote the poems. I was like 25 <laughs> or 26. Um, and it, I mean, that book was just trying to figure out how to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's what a great, what a great way to deal with something like that. And it would just kind of bring you back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, you just spent six years writing a book about shame and now you have to spend time promoting a book about shame. So, you know, you've gone from grief to shame when it comes to promotions. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, know. you know, I'm, uh, it's, it's just a bag full of fun, right? Like, uh, <laughs> welcome to the bookstore. Uh, who wants to talk about shame for an hour and a half? 
uh buy I my book pl- i once played i've been playing music out here forever and i once played a show uh, it's got to be about 20 odd years ago uh in a little bar and and the bartender asked me if i had any songs that wouldn't make him want to kill himself and i didn't know if it was because my songs were really depressing or if it was because you know he didn't like anything i was playing but i kind of felt like well, i'm gonna keep playing these awesome songs and hopefully you enjoy all of them uh but like beauty comes in different places yeah and i think i think there are things that once we come from an idea of like self-discovery especially in the world of writing like we we journal our darkest and deepest and our most vulnerable and then we go back and piece it all together and figure out what what sticks um when you were starting out on your journey of writing who would you say was like an early catalyst poet for you? Who were you reading when you were really young? Where where did you start? And and who was it where you were finally like, oh, I really like this enough to kind of mimic it or, or go for it? Yeah, uh, when I was a teenager, I read a lot of poetry. A lot of it was classics. Like I read a lot of Robert Frost and, uh, all, you know, all the dead white guys. But I think <laughs> the people I really uh, gravitated toward at a young age were... I loved Emily Dickinson. I don't know if I really understood her, but I liked her. Uh, and I also uh, really liked Sylvia Plath, like every, I don't know, emo 13-year-old did. Um, those, were two, uh, those were two of my big ones, uh, I would say. Uh, it took me a little while to get into more contemporary stuff. I, I, I don't think I really read a contemporary book until I went to college. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, I mean, some of the early people there were, I, I know my first poetry class in, in college, I still remember. And we read Terrence Hayes, oh, uh, Hip Logic, yeah. uh, right. and we read Louise Glick's uh, Wild Iris. Nice. Uh, and I, I just adored both of them. And uh, those were two of my big uh or or my earliest introductions to contemporary poetry uh, it's and- so it's so funny how like the i i've always found it interesting how even sometimes in college professors don't bring you up to date on on what is what is current and what is out there i yeah i don't think i stumbled on a i don't think i stumbled on a more contemporary poem until i was you know toward the end of college because mm-hmm. professors wanted to stick in the you know in the classics yeah I- I guess I got lucky in that my freshman year, I took a a random, I actually was an economics major, but I took a random (laughs) poetry class and (laughs) uh, um, I I have an economics major. I don't use it. Uh, I chose a very unlucrative career for myself of uh, pursuing poetry. Uh, But uh, yeah, when my freshman year, I had this wonderful teacher uh, and, and, and yeah, we read Terrence Hayes and Louise Gluck. And I remember there was like this anthology of prose poetry called No Boundaries that I just like uh, read over and over. Uh, although I can't really remember the poems from it, which I guess tells you how long it's been. I think that class was in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Although it's always nice to I, to stumble on those books in, in your head and go, okay, good. And then go find them because I'd love it's been it's been really fun to go back and read a lot of things that I had completely forgotten about. Uh, after having these conversations it's it's yeah. one of the it's one of the more fun things is remembering who else is out there um and that's yeah it's a, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful way to do it um who are you as far as a process poet so when you sit down to work um 
are you somebody who's superstitious? Do you need the candles lit behind you and a good glass of tea next to you uh, at a certain time of day? Or are you somebody who likes your uh, notes tab on your phone? Um, I'm somebody who mostly writes on my computer. Uh, I'm definitely not a notes tab on my phone person. <laughs> as far as needing ritual, I mean, for me, really, I just need time and quiet. That is what I need. Uh, so I'm somebody who needs a lot of time. Well, I don't know what a lot of time is to write a poem, but like I, I need a couple hours of, of no one bothering me in order to write a poem. Uh, and uh, of and not just of that, but of not being anxious or uh, caught up in other things. I, I think I often have the trouble of uh, sitting down to write a poem and then I'm like, oh, but really I should be doing a lesson plan or really I should be grading or really I should be doing editorial work. Um, so for me, it's really just about finding the space of mind uh, and the time to write. Uh, and I tend to write in bursts uh, in a way, like uh, I won't write much for like a month or two and then I'll write almost every day for a couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and some of it'll be, trash um but uh, but usually some uh, uh usually something decent comes out I, i'm somebody i like to do do you know what i don't know if you know what a 30 30 is but where you write one poem, yep, a, one poem a, a day a, yeah one poem a day for 30 days uh i don't usually actually make it to 30 poems but i like to give myself the challenge when i haven't written for a while <laughs> uh Really, I'm a solid 1530 poet, um, not a 3030 poet. That's that's but, not a that's not a bad average. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the poems for uh my next book and also my previous books have come from some form of 3030 of mm. just trying to write a poem every day and then some of them being worth stay or keeping and revising. Uh I mean a I was... lot of them aren't, but I was going to ask, so if you are, if you are a writer who writes in bursts um, and who does something like a, you know, a 30 for 30, even if it's 15 for 30, that's still incredible pace. What's your editing pace like? Do you have to put them away for a while? Or are you able to kind of jump right in and, and how do you kind of mold, you know, the, how do you mold what is probably a lot of quick writes at least into what they've become? Oh, uh, so I often spend more time editing than I do writing. Uh, at, or doing the original drafts. Not always. Sometimes, sometimes a draft comes out real nice, and that's lucky. Um, <laughs> but uh, usually, so basically, because I personally am on an academic schedule, I sort of uh, assume my breaks will be spent revising. Mm, uh, okay. So, so I'm about to, I'm about to revise some poems. There's about to be some poems oh. that I'll be sending out, hopefully, uh, <laughs> if, if I can fix them. Uh, but I, I mean, really in terms of how I revise, uh, one, I read the poems aloud a lot of times. I talk to myself when I revise, uh, which means I can't do it in public. <laughs> <laughs> Other, otherwise I'm just like the crazy person at the coffee house. Um, uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I read them aloud a lot of times and a lot of times I, 
I while I'm revising, I read other poets, uh, which mm. might sound weird, but no. like, I'll be I'll be like, uh, how do I make this thing work? Who does a thing like this? <laughs> uh, do, you, do you find when you do that? Because because there are a lot of people, a lot of poets I talk to who who really have a couple go to books that sit with, with them when they're writing their when they're writing because they need to figure out kind of, you know, that directional piece. How how does this work? Do you ever find that you uh, that their work works its way and not even in a, in a thematic or anything like that? Do you find that you have to kind of shake off their work at all before you get back to yours? Um, sometimes in the editing process, I do like sometimes I'll I'll be like, that's a little that's a little too on the nose or I can hear <laughs> too much of an echo there. Uh, so so I would say, yeah. Um, sometimes I need to edit other voices out. Um, yeah. Well, and then kind of moving along into your role as an editor, um, how do you find time space? As you kind of talked about, there really isn't a lot of time or space, but how do you, how do you find time or space to um, work on your own material versus others material? Do you find that you are able to, do you have to compartmentalize a little bit and know that uh, this is for this and this is for that? Uh, how do you keep those things separate? And how do you, after spending so much time with words, then want to go write them? Yeah, well, I guess I should say, so in the past couple of years, I've stepped back from some of my editing responsibilities. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but uh, so in 2020, I stepped down from Muzzle Magazine, which I founded. Mm -hmm. And uh, last spring, I stepped back from Yes, Yes Books. And it was for really for those reasons that I was finding myself sort of resentful of the work as opposed mm -hmm. to finding joy and excitement in it. Uh, and I wasn't, it just wasn't feeding me creatively in the way it did at the beginning. Uh, and so now I do still have an editorial position, uh, but it's one that's, uh, a, uh, I'm a poetry editor for the South Carolina Review, and I've really been enjoying it because I don't have to do administrative work. <laughs> uh, and I realized uh, that the thing that was uh, sort of uh, sucking energy out of me was was the managerial business stuff, uh, the business end, which I don't. I just don't enjoy that part as much, yeah. uh, but obviously it has to be done and I'm glad people are doing it. I, I just needed a break from it. Uh, but uh, as far as, I, I think what I've been really enjoying about editing the South Carolina Review is that I, I just have to deal with the poetry. I don't have to, uh, I, I don't have to do much beyond that. And, and that's really been a joy for me to, uh, to step back a little bit and uh, be wearing a few less hats. Uh, and I mean, one of the other things is I uh, finished my PhD and took on a, uh, a heavy teaching load and balancing that with editing. I was, I was really struggling to find that time and space yeah. to do my own writing. How are your classes going? Are you, are you, what are you teaching something that you truly, what are you teaching that you truly love teaching? Oh, this uh, semester I took, I taught an honor semester of witness, which was a lot of fun. Ooh, all right. That does sound exciting. Now, are you, uh, how many, how many different classes are you teaching? Uh, this semester I taught five. I, oh, usually, I, I usually teach four, but I agreed for some reason to do an overload. <laughs> uh, 
and and it went fine but there was a little while where i felt like i was pulling my hair out <laughs> i can't even i i teach middle school and i so when you were talking about using your breaks wisely for like revision I kind of feel like that's a, it's a really, mm-hmm. it's, it's always a really nice revision and reset during a break to kind of get yeah. the calendars back in order and get everything kind of going again. Um, I have to ask though, you talked about your uh, kind of the business background of things. Um, you said that your, your major was in finance. Was economics. That, economics. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got to know where for you is the through line then between economics and poetry? Um, do they ever cross paths? I mean, I write uh, I, some of my writings about social class. <laughs> okay. That's about as close of a co- connection as I can really draw for you. Um, I, I don't think I, I've, I don't think I've talked to a lot of poets who, who I've talked to a few, actually, I just, I just spoke with, um, uh, I just spoke with Preeti Vangani, uh, who has a background in commerce and business. Um, but I don't speak with all that many poets who who have that that far left of a uh, of a background that's not tied to art somewhere. Oh, I mean, I should say I've also taken a lot of I ended up double majoring in undergrad. I did take English classes um, <laughs> and I have like MFA and PhD. I'm not just random, but <laughs> not just a random economist. Or something. Uh, and uh, but I mean, I went into uh studying economics because i was interested in how the world worked and <laughs> I, I and a lot of the world revolves around money in a very basic way uh but i yeah when i was an undergrad i was i was one of those people who had a different idea and what i wanted to do like every month basically <laughs> uh at, at one point i interned with the european parliament i wow all right <laughs> uh, i was pre-law for a while uh i at one point thought I might go into business. At one point I thought I might do a, a PhD in economics, but I think I just don't like higher level math enough Oof. in a basic way. <laughs> I feel like you have to love it to want to do that PhD. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell my, I, I stuck with the English side of things. I don't numbers. And I have a lot, not, yeah, I feel like I have a lot of trauma around the world of numbers for some reason. Yeah. Math definitely never stuck in my head the way that it should <laughs> I was always uh, pretty good at math. Most of my school trauma re- revolves around gym class. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a whole other podcast about gym class trauma. Uh. Yeah. Um, as we sort of shuffle off toward the end here, um, who are the authors right now that you are reading? Who is Who are you falling in love with on the page right now? Who's Who's exciting? Okay, so I realize... The, so the honest answer is that I'm reading Ada Limon's The Carrying over and over, which that, I know is, I know, I know everyone knows Ada Limon's work, so that's not really a, a great uh, author to plug, uh, but she's wonderful and it's a beautiful, uh, and beautiful, it's a beautiful book. book and it's one of, it's what's on my coffee table right now next to me. <laughs> um, as far, as far as other stuff, um, over, so also over break is also my reading time. So right. Uh, I'm hoping to read Against Heaven by uh, Kemi Alibi. Yes. Um, that's definitely on my to read list. Uh, also, The Symmetry of Fish by Sue Cho. Yep. Um, and uh, 
if anyone wants to buy me a Christmas present, I really want Yellow Ring by my version. Oh. Uh, so I all just, three, all three of those are just epically brilliant books. Sorry, I I, I wanted to correct it. I stuttered there, but oh, I, right. I, Yellow Ring by Maya Dervang, I really want. Uh, and also Tatum Bambrick's uh, Intimacy is Received is on my list. Ooh, I don't think I know that one. That one. I'll oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love her work. She, uh, anyways, uh, you, you, read Tatum's work. She's great. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. I always love I always love hearing about new authors because it gives me something gives me really something to look forward to. And like you said, breaks are a great a great way to venture off into doing that. Um, Thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I really look forward to reading what's to come from you uh, and sending more and more people your direction. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of the night. You too. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.